This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Monday, July 12th. And today we're going to be looking at what happened in Game 3 of the NBA Finals as the Milwaukee Bucks pulled off a big win over the Phoenix Suns to get back into the series. We'll look at what happened on Sunday night and more coming up in just a second. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. As we say hello to everyone listening on the podcast and watching with us on YouTube, right now I'm joined by Steve Alexander. Steve, what do you have to say for yourself? It's another weekend in the books, another NBA Finals game in the books. What what can you report? We haven't talked in a few days. Not a lot. I really didn't do much of anything. I did watch the Conor McGregor fight over at the neighbor's house. Okay. Um, and trips over to the neighbor's house are always tricky because they're – they're a younger, younger group of, of people, and they like to stay up till like six o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's late. Yeah, doing crazy stuff. So usually, if I go over there, I don't, I don't get home till later, which was the case again. But I enjoyed watching the, uh, watching the fight. Didn't end the way uh, Conor McGregor wanted it to. My wife is, my wife is not happy about him talking, talking so much trash. So is that <laughs> my life? I would say these days is pretty much engineered to not see six a.m. You know what I mean? I I don't see it from staying up, and I don't see it from waking up if all goes well. That's it's kind of how how I live. Well, that's a that's a great plan, and you should be <laughs> you should be proud of yourself for pulling that off. Because I mean, I went to I went to bed after the game last night at like one o'clock in the morning, four o'clock this morning. I'm wide awake. I was watching some 
Netflix thing from like four to nine o'clock this morning. It was terrible. Wow. So you'll just turn on the TV in the middle of the night and just binge some shows. I will never, ever do that. Yeah. Wow. Oh, but I'm a night person. Like I spend a lot of time watching stuff in the middle of the night. So. All right. Yeah. Well, speaking of watching stuff, I have a programming note for everyone. We are moving to a Monday Friday schedule for the immediate and foreseeable future, at least for the end of the finals. And as we get into the off season and draft time, we're going to be Monday, Friday, the schedule will ramp back up as we get closer to the season. But for now, the Wednesday episode, Steve, is headed to Cancun. Sayonara. <laughs> Sayonara. Let's talk about what happened on Sunday night. It was the Bucks 120 and the Suns 100 in the first NBA Finals game held in Milwaukee since the year 1974 when our very own Dr. A was not even a doctor yet. Just a young medical student at that time. <laughs> in a truly remarkable performance from great my dog is now barking that's wonderful news in a great in it that's good thanks for that pal uh in a remarkable performance from Giannis Antetokounmpo 41 points 13 rebounds power through dude. six assists one turnover 14 for 23 from the field 13 for 17 from the free throw line I'm gonna mute myself and tell him to come in here hold on <laughs> sorry about that everyone He'll probably start barking again in a second. He's clearly spotted someone. This dog is very calm until, well, clearly we start a podcast. His name is Ozzy, right? The dog's Ozzie. name is Ozzy? Ozzy Alves. 13 for 17 from the free throw line. Only shot two three-pointers. We were talking about this last game. It's like one or two a game is, is the perfect blueprint. And it was his second consecutive 40-plus point game. Basically an all-around masterpiece from the two-time MVP, Steve. His first back-to-back 40-point games in his career, uh, the 13 and 17 free throw shooting was clutch. I read that all 41 of his points came from inside of five feet or at the free throw line. I mean, there it is. Pretty much what we said on Friday and Wednesday and Monday of last week. Like, Giannis has to play inside. He has to play downhill. He has to be by the basket. And all three of the Bucks, big three, have to play well for the Bucks to win. And they also need some of the Suns to not play that well. And it was everything came together for the Bucks uh, last night. Of course, they were at home. I think that helped. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't think we could see Devin Booker have as big of an off night as he did. But Giannis, Giannis, you know, whoever deemed him the Greek freak was on to something because he – Totally looked like a freak the last two games. And it's hard to believe that we were worried about him missing time with a knee injury uh, such a short time ago. And now you can't even tell that he was ever hurt. Yeah, the home factor, I think, loomed large here. But as you said, Drew Holiday, and especially Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton played okay. I mean, it was kind of a weird Chris Middleton game because he only shot 14 times. He had 18.7 rebounds, 6 assists on 6 of 14 shooting. Drew Holiday, though... 21 points, 5 rebounds, 9 assists on 8 for 14 shooting, 5 for 10 line drive three-pointers went in for him. So that was just huge. I feel like Holiday's shooting, I think in particular in the third quarter, really helped break the game open once again. The Bucks used a couple of monster runs, one in the second quarter. Um, I think it, well, they outscored the Suns 35 to 17 in the second. And then at the end of the third, they had a 16-0 run to close out that quarter, Steve. So 
we can and we'll talk about this game more, but to some extent, it's just Milwaukee was at home. <laughs> well, they played well and, and the Suns didn't. And you mentioned those runs and we saw the Suns try to stop Milwaukee's momentum. We saw Cam Johnson with a monster dunk. Oh, man. The dunk of the playoffs, I would say. That was awesome, especially especially because of we don't think of Cam Johnson as a dunker. You know, I think everyone was like, whoa, that was Cam Johnson. I mean, we think of him as a, you know, mainly a three point shooter. And uh, yeah, that was amazing. (laughs) That was over P.J. Tucker, right? It was. And just like they were like the only two guys in the arena at that point. Like somehow (laughs) every you're watching right now. It was on my TV right now. Yeah. Everyone kind of melted away somehow, right? Like I think Chris Paul threw kind of an outlet pass to Cam Johnson. Somehow everyone except for PJ Tucker and and Cam Johnson left the arena. It was basically one on one. PJ tried to take the charge and Cam just showed some ups that I certainly didn't know he had. I mean, I I'm not a guy who watches a ton of UNC games, so I didn't realize he had that in them. I don't even know if UNC fans knew he had that in him. I don't know either, but usually when somebody goes up, even if it's in a dunk contest and is going to dunk over a human being, they usually like put a hand on a shoulder or do something. Yeah. I mean, his hand was was back out of the way, and it was all it was all him just elevating and throwing it down. Like it it was an incredible uh, dunk. If you guys haven't seen it yet, you've you've got to go check it out because it was something else. Chris Middleton was in the neighborhood. Pat Connaughton was in, in the neighborhood. Okay. But, okay. but really, like you said, when you were watching it happen, the only thing you could see on your screen was was those two guys. And man, poster time. Mike Budenholzer immediately challenged it. I think maybe just to like give everyone a chance to reset. I don't know. He couldn't have thought that. Imagine if that had been overturned. I would have. I don't really feel strongly about either team winning this series. I'm just watching you know, I'm kind of a little bit neutral on who wins the series, but I would have thrown my remote if that had been overturned. You can't, don't wipe off plays like that. And and I'm just so glad they didn't. You don't take a dunk like that off the board unless it's absolutely egregious. And and I'm of the opinion you, you never do. If someone dunks on someone, that dunk stands. I mean, when when John Collins put Joel Embiid in a headlock, thank goodness they didn't call an offensive foul on that play either. You just can't take highlights like that off the board. Yeah, and then right after that, Cam Johnson came down and did this, Dr. J imitation yeah. reverse layup under the backboard. That was pretty incredible. And then yeah. Chris Paul made a play and made a steal. And Bridges got a dunk, right? Bridges got a dunk. And then Bridges had another play right after that. Like all that happened right back to back to back. And you and I were both texting each other at the time, like, ooh, this maybe the Suns are about ready to mount their comeback. And then that was it was over. Yeah. That was about as far as that went. And like you said, closing out the third quarter on a 16-0 run for the Bucs was, was the the dagger. It was over at that point. But oddly, usually when games are 120 to 100 and are, are this big of a blowout, they're not fun to watch. But I felt like that was a really fun game to sit and watch. I found myself, I had decided that Phoenix was going to win this game when they were down about 12. And then that run happened and they cut it to four, I think. I think it was 74-70, if I'm remembering correctly. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, Phoenix got this. They just they just won the series. And then next thing you know, you look up and it's 98-76 Milwaukee, I think, at the end of the third. Just an absolutely explosive burst from the Bucks. And the guy we haven't mentioned yet, Steve, I can't believe we've gone 11 minutes and we haven't mentioned him yet. I don't think it's Bobby, Bobby Portis. We, we were clamoring for more Bobby Portis after game two. I think he only played five minutes in game two. 
it's not like he got a ton of run in this one, but he got 18 minutes and he had, and it's not like he shot great either, but he had 11 points and eight boards. And uh, clearly, I mean, the Bobby chant was going again. I feel like when the Bobby chant is going, Milwaukee usually wins. I don't have the official numbers on that, the official percentage, but I feel like it's a high percentage. Uh, I agree with you. I was going to say the same thing about Bobby Portis. We asked for more Bobby Portis. We got more Bobby Portis. The crowd was loving them some Bobby Portis. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised he only got 18 minutes. Like, I don't understand yeah. what Coach Bud is doing with Bobby Portis. It doesn't make yeah. a lot of sense to me. But, yeah, he's a game changer when he's in there. And the other thing I've been reading on Twitter about Bobby, Bobby Portis is his post-game pressers have become legendary. Like he's Is that right? He's doing incredible things in these post-game pressers, but I haven't seen it happen i haven't watched one yet so that's my new goal is after game four i'm gonna hang around and make sure that i catch bobby portis speaking to the press you go investigate uh and get us some bobby portis quotes please okay yeah so on the phoenix side of things oh by the way no backtracking to the bucks you're saying they don't you don't know what they're doing uh, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez only played 21 minutes in this game as well. So I don't know what, but I mean, they won. So I guess I should stop arguing. They won and won convincingly. But I, I like you, I'm not sure what they're doing exactly with their bigs, exactly whether there's a real plan game to game. Well, and maybe if it wasn't a fourth quarter blowout, Lopez would have finished with 25 minutes and Portis would have finished with 22, 23, maybe. So yeah. I don't know. I don't understand why Pat Connaughton automatically gets 30 minutes every night and everybody else is fighting for scraps off the bench. I yeah. don't fully understand that. That is a little weird. Pat Connaughton is fine, but he's no Cam Johnson. <laughs> Cam he's Johnson not. is now like, because of just the fact that the Suns and the Bucks are on an island, Cam Johnson is like my gold standard for an NBA bench player right now. <laughs> I just absolutely love the guy. He's he's grown on me so much as a player. I'm not kidding. And I've been thinking it all along, and then that dunk happened, and then I just, I mean, that took him to another level, and I just, I think the guy's an impressive player. Well, when the dunk happened, I actually, for a second, thought about trading in my Michael Porter Jr. request jersey for a cam johnson jersey. yeah i think we have till friday to finalize that i think we we're decided. gonna get into that on friday yeah yeah friday we're gonna exchange some addresses and maybe make some orders we may place some orders on friday on the show yeah Ooh. i think that's gonna need to happen yeah right yeah yeah that's what people want to hear right us clicking uh you know <laughs> clicking on internet pages to buy stuff Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The Suns were led by 19 points and 9 assists from Chris Paul. As you alluded to, Steve, just a brutal night for Devin Booker, 3 for 14 shooting. DeAndre Ayton was good in this one, 18 points and 9 rebounds. He hit... An array of mid-range jumpers in this one. More jumpers than I can remember him hitting, at least in the finals in a game, but did get into foul trouble, which seemed to play a big part in this game. Steve? He also had a couple steals. Uh Uh-oh. You just moved up five spots in your rankings in fantasy? Blocks and steals. Did he have any blocks? He can throw it together. Nope, he did not. Those are coming, though. Uh, Yeah, DeAndre Ayton was awesome. 8 of 11, 18 and 9, just barely missed another double-double. Two steals were cool. Bridges was pretty quiet. Mikhail Bridges, very, very quiet he, in this game. Very quiet, Steve. He had almost as many turnovers as points, I think. He had three turnovers, four points. And all four of his points came, I think, during that run where Phoenix was looking like they might take it. He had that breakaway dunk, and then I think he had like a mid-range jumper, and that was it. Yeah, so he was oddly quiet. I mean, the, the Suns' entire team was oddly quiet in that one, and Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Jay Crowder had a good game. He was probably their best player. Hit six three-pointers, 18.6 boards. But, um, I mean, the Devin Booker was so quiet. Couldn't make a shot. Like, Caleb Bridges mm-hmm. just didn't do really anything. Chris Paul, 19-9. and nine. That's, a, that's a solid night. But he wasn't – just nobody really got loose for, for the Suns. And uh, no. I think they were probably a little stunned by the Milwaukee crowd. I mean, that whole – What's the outdoors called? The deer, the deer, deer district, deer district. I think Jeff Van Gundy calls it Deer Valley, though. He is <laughs> he is dubbed the Deer Valley. <laughs> well, that place was frigging popping, and then the inside the arena was was crazy as well. And my buddy Eric Seitz, who lives in Phoenix and has gone to every Suns playoff game, uh, actually flew to Milwaukee and was there last oh, wow. night. Sending me pictures and video of him and his boys wearing their son's gear in Milwaukee. He was in the arena, and um, hopefully he survived the evening after the game when he ventured out with his son's crap on. The Deer District, I think I read in the AP game recap, had 25,000 people. Is that possible? I thought I read that it was set up for 25,000, and they had to open a second one because there were too many people. A secondary district? Like way in the back, yeah, like a like a That's, like a fawn district. At some point, just watch it at home, right? I feel like if you're in the secondary deer district, just go, just watch it home, right? Yeah, I get that. I know that me and my kids went to Atlanta last year and watched uh, one of the playoff games in the in the little battery area TVs. You mean the Atlanta Braves, I believe, right? Who did I say? You just said Atlanta. You didn't oh, say the team. Braves. Yeah, we went and yeah. watched the Braves game. Uh, we were not in the stadium. We were sort of like in the Deer District, but there weren't. There were like a thousand of us, not twenty five thousand. I, I, I yeah. kind of agree with you that if I'm going to be like crammed up against a fence in a mosh pit, I need to be. Yeah. I need to be watching live music or something. Yeah, hey, that mosh pit better be in my house if I'm crammed up against <laughs> a fence in a mosh pit. So. We said the other day, Steve, the path to victory for Milwaukee might just be a correction in shooting after Phoenix shot 20 for 40 in game two on threes. And that exact thing happened. Phoenix shot nine for 31 on threes. That's 29%. The Bucks shot 14 for 36, 38.9%. I mean, 
it, this game strangely feels like there's not even that much to question about what happened. Milwaukee played better because they were at home. As we said, they shot better. Phoenix played badly, shot badly. Still had a chance to take it there, but that's kind of what happens in these road games. I mean, you have kind of your one window. That's kind of what we saw with the Hawks. You know, they, they would have that one minute where it's like, oh, it looks like they might get it here. And that same thing happened with Phoenix. And then lots of times the home team just stomps that out and it's over. Yeah, and I don't even think there's, I mean, I don't think the Suns are like holding their heads down today. I, I don't, I think they're like, man, we got worked in our first game at, at Milwaukee. And now we got to yeah. regroup and, and try to steal game four. If the Suns win game four, to me, the series is over. Yeah, the Bucs had to take two at home. So they did. They held serve, but they, they have to do it one more game. And if the Bucs win this game, then it's 2-2. And then they got to pray for a shock the world moment in game five in Phoenix. So really, I, I think either way, we're going to know who's going to win this thing pretty soon. I think Suns win Wednesday. I think it's over. And if... Whoever wins game five, obviously, will be in the driver's seat, assuming they split these two. Right. So, Steve, I think that's all I have on this game. I mean, I just want to ask you, what do you do you have Milwaukee winning game four? I mean, do you think the Suns can do it? It does feel like home court is extremely powerful in this series. All three home games have been wins. It seems like we're kind of we might go chalk all the way down the line here. I don't do you think we might see a road game one in this series? Yeah, I think the Suns could easily win game four. I don't think we're going to see three of 14 and nothing from Devin Booker again. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I don't even, I didn't even know that was really possible at this point. He's <laughs> yeah. been so good in these playoffs. Yeah. I, I, you're just expecting him to score 30 and play well and do a little bit of everything. But so, I mean, that was a little surprising. And, and a big reason was the Bucks' defense and the, the home crowd and all that. But we're not going to see Mikhail Bridges be this quiet. And I doubt. I doubt we're going to see three games in a row like this from Giannis. Like, it sounds to me sounds to me like you almost want to pick the Suns to win Game Four. Can we get that on the on the books? Is that what's happening here? I wouldn't mind seeing what the point spread is first, but yeah, I I, I mean, I'm just kind of sticking with what our initial takeaways were, you know, going into the series and after those first two games in Phoenix. I still think Phoenix is the better team. I still think they match up good with the Bucks defensively, and th- I still think they're going to win the series. And I would not be surprised if they win game game four. I'm not s- necessarily rooting for that to happen, but I kind of feel like Phoenix is the better team. And I, I think now that they got the shock of being in that environment out of the way, they should be better prepared to handle it on a Wednesday. I think that was only Phoenix's fifth loss in these playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're 14-5 and five now. In the playoffs, I think it that was their right third road loss and fifth overall. I think that's yeah. what I heard. 14 and five, if my math is right, in the playoffs so far. Steve, before we go, I just got to quickly read you this blurb that I saw on NBC Sports Edge. It's not related to the NBA Finals, but I got a real kick out of this one. I'm just going to read you the first paragraph of the blurb, okay? Free agent guard Spencer Dinwiddie said that if the Nets were to offer him a five-year deal in the ballpark of $125 million, there's a high likelihood that he would resign with the team. <laughs> That's the best. Really, you don't say, Spencer. You would you would stay for twenty five million a year, like as a backup point guard. Yeah, that, that makes some sense. And there's something going on there, right? Because he like the Nets are like Nash is like I haven't talked to him. I haven't heard from him. The, the team hasn't really heard from him since he got hurt. 
I, it's it's kind of it seems like it's kind of weird. I just I just received an alarming text. Sorry, my wife just said I might get a car. My wife went to the dealership to get the car tuned up, and she just sent me a text. I might get a car. <laughs> I love that. Uh, um, wow. I went with the old, hey, let's talk. <laughs> now, see, those are the texts that my wife gets from me. Because uh-huh. she's like thrifty, doesn't spend money. She's very common sense economics. And like, I go to get the oil changed and walk into the showroom and see a new car. And I'm like, oh, man, this is so nice. Plus, <laughs> my old one's going to need tires pretty soon. You just got money sticking out of your front pocket, basically. <laughs> Just yeah, like, I'm just like, yeah, let's do this. And then I, I'll be like, send that text, like, hey, I might get a car. She's, and then I get, you know, WTF is wrong with you? No, you're not, et cetera, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. I sent the more polite version of that just now. <laughs> let's talk. <laughs> I didn't think that anything would could alarm or distract me more than the than Ozzy's barking earlier, but that just did it. That right there, I might get a car. <laughs> Has really thrown me for a loop. What dealer, like what brand dealership is she at right now? She's at a Volkswagen dealership right now. Oh, baby. Yeah. Those Volkswagens, man, once the warning runs out. I had a Eurovan, a Volkswagen Eurovan back in the day. Oh, boy. Speaking of 1974. (laughs) No, it was was a 2001. Oh, wow. Okay. The power window went out in it, and the motor for that thing was like 600 bucks. And every time I went to get the brakes done, the brakes had these sensors on them. And it was like $500 to do brakes. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. So we moved out of that one. I'm sure that people who want us to only talk about basketball are thrilled that we have just spent several minutes talking about cars and dogs today. Well, we were wrapping up. I mean, the people, yeah, that, were, I mean, the people that wanted to bail have long left, left. That's true. Left long ago. I guess have long left to go. Yes. But yeah, well, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to see how this turns out. I cannot wait to, to find out what kind of car she bought. Oh yeah. No, I, I don't think you can stop it now. Did you? No, no, no. I don't want to take the air out of the balloon, but I've just gotten a very important update. She, <laughs> she meant, she meant, and this is a very, ambiguous text she's oh a, a rental car she meant a loner because she's gonna leave hers there damn that is not fun at all no no that's kind of like in uh that's the ultimate bait and switch like it's kind of like in the i feel like in arrested development maybe it's arrested development isn't there a doctor who comes out and delivers all of this yes. ominous medical news by accident <laughs> because he, he says it the wrong way there was nothing we could do yeah i'm yeah. sorry yeah, exactly. And then they all start crying. He's like, well, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's what just happened. So mm. call off the dogs on that one. Uh, Dang it. That's so much not as fun yeah. as the other alternative. I know. I was kind of mortified that she was getting a car, but I was kind of like, I wonder where this is going to go. It was kind of <laughs> suddenly an exciting Monday. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us. We will be shopping we won't be shopping for cars on Friday. We'll be shopping for jerseys. So stay tuned for that. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. As I said, we're moving to Monday and Friday episodes for the immediate future. So no Wednesday episodes in the upcoming weeks. We'll be back on Friday to talk game four to finalize our jersey purchases. Steve has a huge decision coming up between Cam Johnson, Michael Porter Jr. I have a Daniel Gafford versus everyone else decision coming up. 
So look forward to that. And we'll also preview game five, the NBA finals. Thanks everyone for listening with us on the podcast and watching live on YouTube. Steve, thank you to you, sir. I'll see you on Friday. The shopping for Shirzy's edition. (laughs) Can't wait. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.